We're going to talk about cell phones and teenagers, surly teenagers. You can't avoid them. I got one. You can't, you can't avoid them. They're everywhere. Researchers at the University of California, Irvine, studied approximately 400 teens aged 10 to 15 years old, and the study looked at both the long-term effects of phone usage as well as day-to-day impact. They followed the children for approximately two years and monitored the adolescents' daily smartphone use and mental health data over the course of 14 days. The children, who all attended public schools in North Carolina, represented socially and economically diverse areas. And what the study found, it, there's no correlation between increased smartphone usage and worsened mental health. In short, the extent of time kids used on their phones did not appear to have any real effect on their mental health. The long-term research showed phone usage, social media access, and use had no negative effect on adolescents' mental health. Interesting. I think as a parent, my belief would be different. I mean, obviously I'm not a researcher, but obviously as a parent of a teen, you worry about that sort of thing. Because, you know, when I was growing up, my parents just worried about how much Love Boat I was watching. Oh, it was a lot. <laughs> but but it wasn't nearly as bad as having, you know, access to a cell phone and a chat room and having no parental oversight. It's, it's almost impossible to have some these days. And that brings us to our kids in classrooms. And the provincial government now announcing plans to move forward with restricting the use of cell phones and other personal mobile devices in classrooms beginning November 4th, 2019. The restriction applies to instructional time at school. However, exceptions will be made if cell phones are required for health or medical purposes to support special education needs or for educational purposes as directed by an educator. I'm reading here from the news release from, from the Ontario government this morning. And Stephen Lecce is the Minister of Education and joins me on the line to talk about this. Minister, hello. How you doing? Are you calling me from a cell phone? Uh, I, I am, regrettably, but I can... Is this better? It's it's fine. I was just making sure that you weren't in a learning environment because I know what are you twenty eight now? Are you are you out of high school? Are you? Well, you know, I I didn't think there was a uh, rotary phone to try you on, Alan. So I thought I'd use myself today. But I'm always learning. But I'm not in the classroom. And what I'll say to you, uh, Alan, is is one thing. You know, look, I'm a modern generational public servant. I'm thirty two, uh, the tender age of thirty two. But I think. As someone who embraces technology, someone who believes in the T in STEM, the science, technology, engineering, and math, this is not about turning our back on those use of the digital economy or the idea of technology, not at all. In fact, I'm trying to encourage more technology in the classroom as a way of inspiring learning from a pedagogy perspective, how we teach. My concern is these impediments to learning, the distractions of learning. And my message to students in the, in, the, in the province is when it comes to class, as I've said before, students should be focused on their studies, not their social media. So it's not about any adversity to the use of technology. It's about embracing it when it's for academic purposes. In the absence of scholastic achievement, I don't want to see a cell phone in the class. And as you mentioned, there's some exceptions you know, for health, medical purposes, etc. And if it's not for instruction time, meaning if a teacher at the front of the class doesn't say, take out your laptop, 
computer, iPad, whatever, because we're going to be talking, we're going to need geo maps to go uh, in our geography class. Without that type of specific sanctioned instruction, I do not want to see cell phones in the class. I do not want to permit distractions because yesterday's EQAO results yet again prove we've seen some declines in math and, in fact, declines across the board, you know, that I think are concerning. And part of the root cause, one could argue, is in today's digital world, there's too many distractions. Well, yesterday you spent your whole time blaming it on the Liberals. Well, I blame it on a failed form, an ideological way of teaching discovery math that didn't work. But it's not about, you know, neither or proposition. I think a major challenge is the curriculum in math in the past, since the introduction in 2009, we've seen consecutive, for one decade straight, decline or stagnation in classes. So there's clear causation in what we were teaching, how we were teaching, and the performance of our kids. I mean, that's not an unfair assumption. The fact is, and there's even there's even correlation between uh, not just EQAO results, but even their their um, their uh, report card results. So the fact is, there's a few things at play. What they were teaching for math is a problem, but also the distraction in the classroom. So let's fix them both. We're updating the curriculum. We're taking cell phones out of the class. We are focused on financial literacy. We're making math a priority with a $200 million four-year plan. I mean, we could do all the above, Alan, you know? But in terms of the actual application of the change of the Provincial Code of Conduct and how it will be applied, and you mentioned, okay, the geography teacher can say, all right, take out your phones. Do individual teachers, do individual boards, how much leeway do they have with this provincial uh, edict? There is, there is, you know, professional discretion absolutely applies within the code, and it provides that discretion for academic purposes. There, the Provincial Code of Conduct has been updated effectively to create a standard, because what happened in the past is, you know, you may say, well, look, some boards do this. Some boards don't, but a lot of them do. That's true. Different standards, different expectations. You could have a different, a parent or the child, the kid in the class, could have a different expectation if they live north or south of Steeles, for example, in Toronto or in York Region or wherever they are. So we're standardizing it. We're universalizing the expectation. We're creating clear, uh, uh, you know, awareness of this program, of this protocol, rather. And we're giving educators and boards and, and, and directors of education and all of our partners and teachers themselves over two months to implement it so we get this right. But we have confidence they'll be able to do it. There are some progressive steps they can take to make sure that there's that accountability for the child. And at the end of the day, it's just about removing impediments. It's common sense. 97% of parents wanted us to do this in the fall consultation, and we're delivering on that mandate this September, or this year, rather. Stephen Lecce is the Minister of Education. I want to ask you one uh, question uh, not related to what exactly we're talking about, but uh, news earlier this week about uh, math testing for uh, future teachers. Explain to me why a prospective music teacher should be able to, to uh, pass a math test. Well, the results, I think, confirm that students are struggling to meet the provincial math standards. We've seen progressive decline. What we're doing, to be fair, I, don't, I wouldn't want this to be lost, is we've launched a four-year math strategy, $200 million commitment, of which... A significant aspect is professional development of our educators. We're investing in PD because we believe educators themselves want to do the best they can for our kids. And so we're investing in professional development. We're making that a priority writ large, and we're doing it specifically when it comes to math. If you, as an educator or a student, you know, particularly for the kids, if they don't have grasp that mathematics, numeracy, financial literacy, they're not going to get a job in the marketplace, today's modern economy. So for educators, what we're trying to do is create a sense of metric and for anyone in the public or private sector, you will know that in the absence of metrics, without knowing what the problem is, 
it's hard to identify how we solve it. Where we, you know, the EQAO results, for example, those measurements have allowed the governments, past and present, to reallocate resources. It used to be the grade three kids were doing poor in math, and grade six were doing great. And emphasis went in the grade three area. Now grade threes are ahead, and grade six are behind. So that data informs public policy decision. It creates an evidence-based decision of where we need to put and emphasize skills. I think educators in the province should have should have that numeracy skill uh, in everything they even, do. Even a music teacher? Because, Minister, that is where I just don't understand. I don't get that. Yeah, I mean, look, the bottom line is every educator in the province, we believe, should have basic access to knowledge and the retention of it. And to be fair to many teachers, they move around the disciplines. You know, they'll move various sectors, they'll go into different departments. Uh, and so we think having numeracy is foundational. I mean, my goodness, in today's modern economy, every educator should have the grasp of that knowledge. They do, but we want to strengthen their resolve, we want to improve their abilities. And, and, and to be honest with you, and as someone you know, in your own experience as a parent and others, there's a lot of synergies between math and a lot of subject matters, including the social sciences. So it's not just some subject matter in isolation. We need math to be foundational in what we teach our kids. And in every area, there's usually some form of synergy. Having that knowledge could only strengthen our kids' ability to learn. And so the more we can do of that, the better. And I want to be clear, that's not the major emphasis of yesterday. The emphasis was investing in our kids putting 200 million bucks on the table to, and 55 million this September to strengthen their head, to do better, and to raise the bar when it comes to teaching math skills. But we also think professional development and a form of, uh, of, of metric-based testing, so we know the problem and conversely where to fix the solution, where to put the resources, is going to help us when it comes to reorienting the province on a pathway where kids are actually doing better and well exceeding the provincial average, not failing it uh, under 50%, as is the case. Uh, for a grade six math at 48%. Stephen Lecce, he is Ontario's Minister of Education. Thank you so much for being on the line. Thanks so much, Alan. Have a good day. Put that phone down.